Every day we take our lives into our own hands when we consume vitamins and supplements. By not knowing the right ones to take or when, we could be doing a disservice to our health, or even worse, could be endangering it. Welcome to your daily dose with Doreen Doucette. Now you have a resource to help you use supplements, vitamins, and natural health more safely and effectively. Here is your host, Doreen Doucette. Good morning and welcome to your daily dose. I've been fortunate to have had Jane Lawson on the show a few times in the past to speak on the proper and safe use of essential oils. Jane is the principal of Natural Approach School and Therapies, and she has been a clinical aromatherapist for almost 30 years. Over the years through Jane's clinic, she quickly realized that the general public was confused as to which oils would be best for what ailed them, and that the general public was also not well informed when it came to the contraindications and safe usage of the individual oils. This led her to write a workbook called The Natural Approach to Essential Oils. Today, once again, I'm pleased to have Jane join me on the topic of essential oils because here we are, finding that with the personal protection equipment usage and the general public being strongly recommended to use the face masks when in public, and that people are again not being well informed when they are encouraged to apply essential oils to their face coverings. So today, I'm going to ask Jane what her feelings are on the usage of essential oils and face coverings. Hi, Jane, and welcome back to the show. Hi, Doreen, and thank you for having me again. That's lovely of you to ask me. Thank you. When we are seeing all over um, many of the social media platforms the encouragement of applying essential oils on your face mask or the face mask of your children, What exactly are people thinking the benefits of this is? Right. Well, obviously, I can't comment on what they might think the benefit is. And I'm obviously not going to get into the pros and cons of of wearing a face mask. Um, But to answer this question in a nutshell, it's there's absolutely no benefit. Bring it in a nutshell. Um, I think you'd, you're probably going to ask me, well, what is the reason for not doing that and what the harmful effects of that will be? Yeah, of um, course. The, yeah, so the main two oils, because obviously, like yourself, I've been seeing it touted all over Facebook in the recent weeks. Mm-hmm. And the two main oils that I'm seeing touted are eucalyptus and peppermint. Yes. Um, both those oils are contraindications for a start. Um, In other words, um, they'll exacerbate any underlying health conditions. That's what contraindications mean. In their cases, they're things like if you're pregnant, if you're breastfeeding, if you're high blood pressure, both of us can send your blood pressure higher. If you have epilepsy, um, people out there obviously undergoing treatment for cancer. If they start putting oils on these partic- these two particular oils on their masks, it's going to start countermanding the eff- efficacy of any cancer treatment they're going. Um, people with certain heart conditions um, and certainly eucalyptus, because you mentioned the children, should not be used on children anyway. The guideline is under six years of old, uh, six years of old, six years of age, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally like to stick to about 12 years Um, because it can bring on respiratory issues in children. Not only that, adding essential oils to your mask 
runs the risk then of sensitization or an irritation to your mucous membranes. Um, and that can then lead to further respiratory problems. Okay, so this is only from like, if I were to put a drop of this on my on my face mask, I'm only going to be um, inhaling the the fumes of this, the smell of this, I'm going to be inhaling it. So just from the inhalation of a drop on my mask is going to have all of these contraindications. People with those contraindications should not be using these two particular oils, which are the main two that I'm seeing touted around on Facebook at the moment. Wow. So, so are these, okay, so this is on your face but mask. Not and only that, what happens? So it's not just the contraindications, so people with those underlying health issues. What you have got, like I mentioned, the irritability or irritation or the sensitization to the oils if people keep putting these oils on their masks they and, and inhaling them for as long as they do you know when when you're diffusing an essential oil into a room for example the recommended time is approximately 30 minutes because actually by then any oil that you've got in your diffuser has already got out into the atmosphere anyway okay so people are saying putting these oils on just so that the mask smells fresher it makes them feel they can breathe better and what have you but if you're constantly breathing that oil in in particular these two oils even if you've got none of those contraindications the next day you put your mask on you could end up in well we call it a and e obviously absence accident and emergency in this country with respiratory problems Okay, because that's what I was going to ask you was what is the difference between having it on your mask and breathing it in or having it in a diffuser and have, and inhaling it that way? Um, okay, so if you've got your diffuser, it's going out into the room, isn't it? Yes. So it's much, much more dispersed, if you like. Okay. When it's that close to your skin, and it will seep through, so wherever you've got it, even if it's on the outside edges of your mask... <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a bit of a dry throat. It will be touching your skin. So you could end up finding, say if you're putting it somewhere around your left cheek, for mm -hmm. example, where the mask is, mask is rubbing against your skin, you're suddenly going to find you're developing a rash there. Or you're going to find that actually you're going to have problems breathing. Okay. So it's going to irritate your skin as well. That's Yeah, that's what I was wondering. If it, wherever it touches, because it's going to be more pure, it, the actual oil, aren't you going to have um, some burning or anything of the skin there? Yeah, you can do, yeah. Okay. What are the more beneficial ways to use those two essential oils? Because those ones are touted as being more beneficial and they want you to put them on your face mask. What are some more beneficial ways of using it? Okay, so instead, you know, I've also seen people saying, oh, they're adding it to, a, you know, an atomizer bottle with either some floral water in it or some just plain water, which makes it even more ridiculous because essential oils and water don't mix that well. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and spray, and spraying their masks. As soon as you get that mask wet, you're compromising the efficacy of the mask for a start. So you might as well not be wearing it at all mm -hmm. if you're going to be spraying it. But the other way to do it, you know, if the mask will 
to a point protect you from it's not protecting you from other people per se but it's protecting you more in case you're asymptomatic and like i said i don't want to really get into all the arguments about the face masks yeah but if you're thinking of using essential oils because of covid then you should be respecting them as medicines okay mm -hmm. so actually what you need to do if you find the appropriate oil for you, in other words, you haven't got the contraindications to a certain oil because there's a whole plethora of other oils that can help fight viruses and bugs and you feel you want that extra protection, not just from wearing a mask, then all you'd have to do is get the right oil, the appropriate oil for you that does fight viruses and bacteria and quite honestly, just take the lid off the bottle and take a couple of deep breaths before you put your mask on. You need those oils in your system so they're already in there. Just take a couple of sniffs and leave it at that and then wear, wear your mask. Because once they're in there, you know, if any viruses do get in there, those oils will help to fight those um, viruses. Are there any particular essential oils that you would recommend? Ah, now I was going to come to that towards the end. <laughs> yes, um, there are some. Um, and there are some pretty safe ones as well. Um, one in particular that I really do like at the moment for this, and it's safe, it is safe for children as well, so you could take the stopper off the bottle and just waft it under your child's nose as well, is Rosalina. Um, it might not be very well known by a lot of people, but it's a very, very safe oil. And it's very, very good at calming the nerves as well, because obviously people are also getting anxious when they're going around mm -hmm. and having to wear their masks now. Absolutely. If anything, I think it's the anxiety that's affecting their breathing more than anything. The fact that, you know, not just going and mixing more with people. This is why the masks has become an even bigger issue, because obviously, you know, certainly in the UK, they reduced it from two metres to one, one to one and a half metres mm -hmm. if you know, you can't do two. So people are in more close contact, if you like, which is making people even more anxious. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the fact that you've got this thing on your face, which is again making you anxious. Um, but the Rosalina is also not just from the anxiety point of view, but it is a very good antiviral, antibacterial essential oil. And it is safe for children as well. That's one of them. Okay. Um, if you like more the smell of, Nyuli, uh, sorry, of eucalyptus, then Nyuli oil is also safe and it's also safe for children. Um, but that's got that fresh smell to it, whereas Rosalina um, is slightly more florally and it's a really warm, comforting smell as well. Okay. That one. I don't think I've ever smelled that one, the Rosalina. Okay. Yeah. Which one? Oh, the Rosalina. Yeah. It's a lovely oil. It's from Australia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's lovely. One thing that I've been seeing on your Facebook page, and I, I do believe it was a cake recipe, and there was a few ingredients that were essential oils. Now, I, I know um, because of you that this is a huge no-no with you. Why is that? Why don't you want people baking with essential oils? Well, first of all, it's, it's a complete and utter waste of essential oils. If people understood how much plant material it takes to produce a bottle of essential oil, you know, it, 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 it's just wasting them. Why would you want to add peppermint oil to a 
something pepperminty that you're cooking when you've got the essence of peppermint anyway you know you or use the actual herbs in their natural form anyway um yes to a point when you know they're exposed to high heat some of the chemical makeup of that oil will be changed but only up to a point but also it could be changed in a more harmful way um you know and they certainly shouldn't be ingested you know in smoothies you know things that are cold yes because the chemical components haven't really been changed very much so you know there's not if if people want to ingest them would you would you suggest baking with them or not? I was under the impression that you don't want anyone ingesting at all. Look, ingesting essential oils is a very specific field, not in aromatherapy, but in clinical aromatherapy, certainly here in the UK. You are studying it. You do look into it. You do learn how to ingest and how to administer them, you know, and which oils... Um, the dosage is really, really important because <coughs> you have to take the body mass into or the body weight into consideration. You've got to understand why you're taking them internally, what the ailment is, and therefore for how long. It's it's almost like um, taking a beta blocker. Taking essential oils internally is more like a short, sharp shock treatment it's not a day in day out thing that you should be doing because in the end like anything else you're overdosing and when you start overdosing you then start developing other problems that's as simple as i can put it okay it's a very very specific field it's very chemistry based you know and at the end of the day there's not one single clinical research paper ever been done on the ingestion of essential oils any research that has been done is based on the chemistry that's in each individual chemical component that makes up the sum total of an individual essential oil and that's why we can understand which oils are safe to ingest and which ones aren't to say that all essential oils are safe to ingest is quite frankly dangerous Okay. It's absolutely dangerous. Okay. So and also people have got to understand, you know, when they see essentials are used in the food industry, uh-huh. yes, they are, but they're not technically essential oils because they've been deterpinated and denatured. In other words, the harmful chemicals that the chemists, the food industry know could cause problems have been removed. Okay. So again, we're going back to the peppermint, if you like. See, peppermint essence, don't you, rather than not the essential oil yes if you ask yourself this if a qualified aromatherapist particularly clinical aromatherapist or um uh what's the other one oh what do they call them oh aromatic medicine practitioners Mm -hmm. all right they're not the same as herbalists they've studied even more into internal application have studied the ingestion of essential oils they learn what they can and they can't do the dosage and the period of administration but yet nowhere will they be covered by insurance and why is that because it's a too high risk for the insurance companies so if aromatherapists who've studied it can't get insurance why would anyone listen to a sales rep with no qualifications and is not even covered by insurance exactly exactly so when when you're talking about um, baking and using the essential oils, one thing that I would I, I want to get clear, if the temperature, the high heat that you're baking something at, if it changes the constitution of the essential oil, 
does it in any way make it safer for ingestion? No, because like I said at the beginning, it could make it slightly safer if some of the chemical compounds then are destroyed, but also at the same time, it could be leaving more of the harmful chemical compounds. So thus actually making it more dangerous. Mm -hmm. It can work both ways. Okay. There's also an enormous push for people to take turmeric supplements. Um, mm -hmm. Would you, uh, of course, it's turmeric is used to reduce the amount of inflammation that's in the body, and it's it's because of the curcumin. Mm -hmm. Turmeric essential oil is also um, really being encouraged for people to ingest it in a cup of tea, especially first thing in the morning. What are your thoughts on this? that people really need to understand there's a huge difference between herbalism and essential oils. So turmeric in its natural form would be in the herbal section, if you like, mm -hmm. in its natural form. Essential oils have been extracted. They're far more concentrated. You know, when you have something... Okay, I'll give you another example. You're saying taking, a, you know, a drop of turmeric in there, hot tea in the morning, a drop of the essential oil, rather than adding the, the powdered turmeric, if you like. Yes. So if I can swap that, say, to chamomile, people will take chamomile tea at night and it gradually builds up. That You know, they'll take a cup of chamomile tea one night and go, well, this isn't working. I don't feel really that chilled and da-da-da. But with herbalism, they've got to understand it gradually builds up in the system. So after, you know, a few nights, then it starts to work. But the equivalent is one drop of chamomile is equivalent to 36 cups of chamomile tea. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to explain the potency here. So if you want to drink 36 cups of chamomile tea, you're certainly not going to sleep because you're going to be going to the toilet all night. Absolutely. You'd be far better putting a drop of chamomile oil on a tissue next to your bed and just letting it evaporate and inhale as you're sleeping. Okay. If you wanted a, a quick one. And the same thing applies to the turmeric. You know, people just need to understand just because something's available in its herbal form doesn't mean when it becomes into the essential oil that, oh, that must be even better. It's still natural because we'd be using it as a herb in our cooking, you know, or herbalists use it for herbal remedies. So they're exactly the same as essential oils, except they're in a liquid form. That, mm -hmm. That's the way people seem to computerize it. Yes. They don't understand the extraction processes and how potent these things are. It's a concentration. This is why with anything to do with essential oils, you know, except for certain given circumstances, you dilute, you dilute, you dilute. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that, that no, people are not understanding the difference between something that the herb or the essential oil. How exactly, um, how, how do we promote this much more than what is being promoted now that they, there is a difference because we see, we see so much um, on social media of many kinds of social media that essential oils are very good for you, which I believe they are, but they're not, they're not um, explaining in what ways they're going to be beneficial and how to properly use them and not use them. How do you overcome something like this? Well, at the end of the day, you know, as many people out there that are 
are going, oh, use the essential for this, that and the other, you know, add it to your cooking, add it to your smoothies, add it to your cup of tea in the morning, whatever. The other side of the coin is you've got the aromatherapists out there who are saying, no, this is the way you need to use essential oils. And, you know, another thing, the you know, the aromatherapists need to do um, and, you know, I do it when I do write ups on essential oils on Facebook and things. I will put down the contraindications as well. In other words, if you've got these particular conditions, do not use this oil. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where a lot of aromatherapists do fall foul, in my view, um, because they will put blends out there saying it's very good. You know, this particular blend, they recommend it for, we'll say, arthritis. And I look at those oils and I'm going, but where's the contraindications? Mm -hmm. Because somebody with arthritis might have diabetes or somebody might have high blood pressure. And they're going to make this up. They're going to start using it and their diabetes is going to go out of control or their, their blood pressure is going to go up. You know, we've got a responsibility as aromatherapists as well to put the right information out there. And, you know, it, it's like the pros and cons arguments of wearing or not to wear a mask. It's the same thing with this. At the end of the day, aromatherapists, as I keep putting out there with capital letters on the word therapist now, have spent years studying. You know, heck, I'm still learning. I mean, I started my training 35 years ago mm -hmm. and I'm still learning because there's new oils that come out and they've got to be, you know, researched and investigated, you know, and... Um, you can't just go by what a sales rep tells you. Mm -hmm. They're not trained. Mm -hmm. They've we... not spent hours studying an individual oil, let, let alone the two or 300 plus subgroups of essential oils that are available. Exactly. But it seems that we just have so many sales reps out there as compared to actual aromatherapists. I think there's a lot of, okay, you've got to come in with a personality a little bit here. You know, when you're a sales rep, you're probably more of an extrovert. You, you, you know, you want to get out there. You want to promote yourself. You want to promote the product, you know, loud and noisy, if you like. Whereas a lot of aromatherapists and therapists generally, you know, they hold their clients dear. They hold them, you know, carefully and support them. Um so they're not confrontational. They're not going to go out there as much to say, hey, look at what I can do if you come to me for a treatment. Mm -hmm. they ha they're not ego-driven, if you like, yeah. and they're certainly not monetary-driven. And that is the big difference. A sales rep is money-driven. They're looking to sell the oil so they can actually earn an income from it. An aromatherapist, you know, wants to first do no harm secondly they want to help people get better mm -hmm. why would they be more confrontational or trying to ram down anybody's throat about hey look at me how good i am at solving you know sciatica or mm -hmm. wherever it is using essential oils mm -hmm. you know the personalities are completely different they come from two totally different diametrically opposite camps okay you know, and I just wish more aromatherapists would get more vocal. They are. They are slowly. Well, slowly. Let's hope let's hope it picks up a little bit more quickly. Well, yeah, you are starting to see them, you know, coming back more on various groups in Facebook where people start going on about these MLM companies. Yes. She says quietly. Um, you know, where somebody's or, you know, stick this peppermint oil under your baby's tongue and all the rest of it. And, of course, 
the aromatherapists now are starting to get more vocal but the problem is within groups like that they then get shot down like they don't know anything mm-hmm. whereas actually they know everything and it's the sales rep that knows nothing they haven't spent hours with their heads buried in chemistry books for a start exactly Previously, um, just a couple weeks ago, I did a podcast on what would happen to us if we kept our immune system in a state of being boosted. So instead of actually boosting our immune system and making us feel ill all the time, we should really strive to keep our body in a balanced, healthy state. So how are some of the ways that we can use essential oils to maintain our health? I was really pleased to see that, actually, um, because I hate this word that's been bandied about, about boosting Mm -hmm. your immune system. Exactly. Um, It's a really bad word to use. Um, It can be done, obviously. You can, what they call, boost your immune system, if you like. But actually, if you can get your head into more of a computer language, you know, when we talk about internet bandwidth, Mm-hmm. When you start boosting, your, your your immune system is a certain bandwidth, if you like. You start boosting it and actually it reduces the bandwidth you have. So in other words, when then your body has to kick in, your immune system has to kick in, it's got a smaller bandwidth to be able to deal with what is ailing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Does that make sense? Yeah. Put it that way? Yeah. When it comes to essential oils, you only need to use them for what's ailing you at the time. No more, no less. There's no need to use them on a day-in, day-out basis. Okay. I mean, heck, I don't even use them every day, you know, because more, let's put it this way, less is best when it comes to essential oils, right down to how many drops you put into a blend. Less is always best. That way, you're then supporting your immune system because when something starts going a little bit off within your physical body, one way or the other, and usually, and you know me, I always start off with the emotional. Mm-hmm. There's something emotional to kick something off. Yes. So the minute you start, if you like, if we're talking about the COVID and face masks and going back out and, you know, and is this person going to get too close to me and I'm scared of getting on the on the local bus and, and all this kind of stuff. What's that first response? It's an emotional response. It's fear and it's anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. What does that do? It lowers your immune system straight away. So actually what you should be looking at is to essential oils. If you know right, I'm heading out, I'm going to go to the supermarket, yes, I'm going to have my mask on, but my God, these people are going to be so much closer to me now because everybody's wearing masks and I really don't want to get too close to them. You should be looking more at, shall we say, more like the citrus oils to actually elevate your mood better. So that way, if your mood is lifted, you're in a happy place, your immune system doesn't have to go oh, God, you're in a bad place, I I need to start supporting you. Mm -hmm. Because the minute one system of your body has to kick in to try and support whatever's going on, it will borrow, if you like, the energy from other systems in your body. And that's when the problem starts happening physically in the body. Okay. Does that make sense? That does make sense. And previously, you mentioned a couple of the essential oils um, that we could use more safely. 
Um, do you have more yeah. than those two that are going to be beneficial essential oh. oils that most of us can use safely? <laughs> and how should we use them? Oh, you, you, you know, when you wake up in the morning, how do you feel? Have you got aches and pains? Okay, well, if you've got aches and pains somewhere, go and see an aromatherapist, please. That's my first answer to that one. But if you're just feeling a bit, do you know, I feel like a bit like a, I know, a damp squid at the moment, mm -hmm. you know, and I've got no energy, then you need something maybe just to kick up your mood a little bit, to give you a little bit of energy. Just put your diffuser on for maybe 20 minutes, half an hour just to get things going while you're having your morning, you know, cuppa or something. Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of essential oils that are really, really safe. But if we're talking, you know, things like, again, Cataphrae, Kunzia, they're lovely, lovely oils. Mood-wise, you're looking at Mandarin or Mei Chang. Now, Mei Chang's a super oil. It's a very citrusy oil. You can't say it's specific so that, you know, if you smell Mandarin, you know it's Mandarin. You smell lemon, you know it's lemon. Mei Chang smells as though you put all the citrus oils in one bottle so it's a right good mix but it isn't it is an individual oil obviously but mei chang in particular is very good on airborne viruses and bacteria but also because it's a citrus oil it lifts your spirits it lifts your mood now the minute your mood goes up and you're in a happy place your immune system goes phew i don't have to kick in here mm -hmm. exactly so mei chang is a really good one I like to put it as well when I'm doing my hoovering. You know the filters in your hoover? Yes. Yeah, the the filters that you get. Yeah. I put a couple of drops on that. So oh, okay. while I'm hoovering, the essential oil with the heat of the fan in your hoover or whatever it is that's in there yeah. um, starts um, diffusing, if you like, the essential oil while I'm hoovering the carpets. Okay. So, I, I haven't daddy, done, daddy. not done that one. Yeah, well, there's there's one that you can do, and Mei Chang is great for that. You'll suddenly start enjoying doing the hoovering. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so one thing, well, it's a happy one. One thing that that I would ask you is, okay, I'm not a morning person, and lately it's been extremely busy. I'm just running from one thing to another to another. Because I'm not a morning person, when I do get up, um, my happy place right now is, is first thing in the morning I get up, I go to the barn to see my horses. That boosts my mood right there. But before I go to the barn, is there is there a blend that I should be putting in my diffuser so that right when I wake up in the morning, the diffuser can start and it's going to help me to get in a better place before I have to go out to the barn? Especially now that it's getting a little bit darker in the morning. I just, I, I dislike getting up when it's dark. What's going to make me better, Jane? Again, I would be suggesting something like Sweet Orange to you. Tangerine's another lovely one. Um, Yuzu's a fairly new one, but it's a fabulous oil. The first time you ever smell it, it almost feels, it, it almost makes your mouth fizzle like you're just eating a bit of um, sherbet. Oh, it's a really, really happy oil. But if you're feeling, I'm going to ask you a question here because I'd like to talk about this one particular oil because I'd like people to understand what we call adaptogen oils. Okay. Do you like patchouli? Just pretend that you do. And and truthfully, <laughs> I do. I do. I don't like a lot of it, but I okay. do like a little bit. And there's only certain times that I like it, but I do like patchouli. Okay. No, but that's fine. That Saying that you only like it at certain times 
you know, I always say as well, if you don't particularly like an oil, it's actually challenging you anyway. It's not a case of you shouldn't be using it. It's because it's reminding you of some negativity from the past and you need to go back and investigate that. But that's a whole different program, if you like, some other time. Okay. But I'll use patchouli just as an example. So if you use patchouli in the morning, and I'm going to use a bath here for an example, and I've done this many a time myself, and it does work. Now, with patchouli, to pep you up in the morning, you would literally just put one drop, one drop in your bath and just soak in that bath for 20 minutes. If you're feeling a bit like a wet dishcloth, in your case, maybe add something like a sweet orange or the tangerine or the mandarin in it. But again, just the one drop. Okay. All right. But let's stick with patchouli on its own. Just one drop of patchouli. You'll get out of that bath and it'll be like, bring it on. I'm ready for the day. It really, really does perk you up. But if, on the other hand, and it'll keep you in that mood. So by the evening, you're nice and relaxed. But by the time you get to the evening, say you decided to have a bath in the evening with patchouli, because patchouli come the evening can be a really relaxing oil and help you to get to sleep. Okay. But you would need to put four to five drops in your bath for it to have a sedating effect. It's what we call an adaptogen oil. It adapts with you as the day goes on. Oh. Now, I'm going to bring in another oil now because it works in the opposite way, and that's the very popular lavender oil. Now, lavender obviously does have contraindications, and I won't go into those just now. But if you wanted to pick me up in the morning, and if you happen to like lavender, Go ahead and use four or five drops in your bath and it'll have exactly the same effect as patchouli did just with one drop. It'll perk you up. It'll give you the energy, that bit of a boost and that calmness to face the day. Now, this is where people go wrong with lavender because normally come the evening, they're saying, right, lavender's supposed to help me get to sleep. So they put four mm -hmm. or five drops in their bath in the evening yes. and they wonder why it's not working. It's because... They've used too much at night with lavender. Oh. They should actually be only using one to two drops in their bath for it to have a sedating effect at night. Oh. Well, I didn't even know that. Okay. So when you're using, and this is when people think, oh, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I get insomnia because of my stress. Mm -hmm. So they think using lavender at night is going to work. They're using four or five drops and it's just not doing what it should be doing. What they should be doing is having a morning bath with four or five drops of lavender. What does lavender then do? It keeps them nice and calm because it's during the day that they're experiencing, you know, stress at work or whatever it is that's causing the anxiety during the day. It'll keep that calmness. So by the time the evening comes, they've actually in a relaxed state, it's working with their body clock and they haven't got all stressed and worked up during the day. So come the evening, they're feeling relaxed. They're not as stressed out. If they still feel, actually, I'm going to have another bath, then they should only be using two drops maximum in their bath and it'll help send them off to beddy buys. Well, wow. okay, but they shouldn't be using four or five drops at night. Okay, good to know. And I'm going to try the patchouli tomorrow morning. One drop if you're going to do it in your bath. If you're going to use it in your diffuser again, just the one drop. Don't overdo it with having a higher dosage. Exactly. Okay, I think the one, do one drop is going to suffice anyway because I find patchouli is quite strong. Oh, it, it hangs around. 
it does it hangs around it does yeah absolutely industry yeah okay well i think many people are going to find that very very good to know for sure i hope so oh i'm sure they will Thanks again, Jane, for being with us today and giving us so much more beneficial information in regards to essential oils and the safety of them during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hopefully, um, the pandemic is not going to last a whole lot longer. Uh, We're all wishing for that same thing. I hope you stay well. Mm -hmm. And uh, and again, thank you, Jane. I'm sure we're going to be in touch again very soon. And please, people, just don't use them on your mask. You know, just sniff from the bottle or these little sniffy sticks, you know, the nasal inhalers, I call them sniffy sticks. Yes, yes. You know, put some oils in that and just use that before you put your mask on rather than putting them on your mask because having them constantly on your mask like that, you're damaging your mucous membranes. You could be irritating your skin. All kinds of nastiness could happen with it. Wonderful. And we certainly do not want that to happen. So hopefully there's so many people out there that's going to hear this and they are going to take heed to this. Thank you for having me on the program, Doreen. Thanks, Jane. You take care. To all of our listeners today, I'll be back again next week. And until then, everyone, please stay safe and stay well. Thank you for joining us for your daily dose. Be sure to tune in again next week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition with your host, Doreen Doucette. We'll see you then. Visit Doreen's website at dmurphydoucette.com and click the radio tab to purchase your supplement and dosha questionnaire. It will allow you to know your body dosha and what supplements, vitamins, and minerals your body requires at any given time. You'll receive a report by email that gives you all of the required information. You'll learn which foods give you your required supplements, and you have the option to purchase your report in printed book form and have it mailed directly to you. Visit dmurphydoucette.com today. 